Welcome back to Sweatin' Bullets, a fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, DF Bean Counter. You can follow me on Twitter at DF Bean Counter. With me, as always, my lovely co-host, Jacob Sanderson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jacob Sanderson. You haven't changed your name yet, have you? Not. Remains Jacob Sanderson. I thought you were going to go to like some some new acronym. No. Still nothing. No. All right. I do, have my, I do have the run the damn ball hat back in my profile photo. Oh. I changed it to the cowboy photo. Uh, and I figured I wasn't going to put back the RTDB hat until, you know, the real originator of the RTDB hat, Mr. Jonathan Taylor, was back in our lives. He re-entered our lives, but briefly, this weekend. Uh, so we got the hat back. And we, I think, I think I got to watch the Colts with Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor together for, like, four plays. So... And they were pretty magical. big bummer. Um, to, the thing that I've been waiting for, praying for, hoping for, dreaming of since <laughs> late April. Uh, didn't, it's it's back on delay, uh, which is pretty pretty upsetting, especially since the Colts are actually in the mix and they have you know a really big game against Jacksonville this week that would have been a lot more fun if Anthony Richardson was part of it. But that leads us into what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about injured players. This is going to be a short episode. We're actually keeping this into an hour, folks. Um, I would Hashtag say you're welcome, because Matt. we have things to do, which is true. I, I have to uh, go write an article. I have some work to do. Drew has some work to do. But also, because uh, we were a little, real stunted on major topics today, but we figured out what we're going to cover is the big three injuries upended the Dynasty universe. And we're going to talk a little bit about those players. We're going to talk about some of the strategy with respect to trading for or away these injured players. Who would you like to start with? The aforementioned Anthony Richardson, the uh, Justin Jefferson, or Devon Achan? Well, we've already segued into Anthony Richardson. I think it would be silly yeah. to go away from him and come back now. That sounds good. You can't go away from him and come back now. Let's talk about Richardson. So the way we're going to do this, first, we're going to talk about kind of these players in a vacuum. We're going to talk about kind of where we think they'll be when they come out of this injury, if we have any long-term concerns, or if this is just a temporary short-term setback. And then we'll get into some of the macro aspects of the trade strategy around these pieces, either trading for them, holding them, trading them away. Uh, Richardson, you know, it's kind of an interesting case where he comes into the NFL. We have this very small sample. But when he's been on the field, he's been totally dynamic. And you know, we came away, I think, pretty optimistic from him just last episode. Now now he gets injured. What's your level of concern now as the sample on his rookie season is probably going to be quite short because he's out four to eight weeks? I think it's it's pretty high. Like, I always was pretty concerned given his cost. I, th- I think it's really like... There's no better illustration of my like understanding of the Anthony Richardson situation than that of say Justin Fields going ping ponging through the ADP and value chain where he's high and then he's low and then he's high and then he's low. I feel like that's the kind of thing that we're going to be looking at with Anthony Richardson in the near future, like probably next year. Um, right now, I think he's probably fairly stable. Like I think he did enough this year that everyone's going to be like, yeah, he's got another. It could be good. Let's go. But I think if he like starts slow or something, it could 
could get ugly like it did with um, Justin Fields in year two. But also the difference, I guess, would be that Justin Fields in year two didn't really score any points. And I think Anthony Richardson is probably going to score points. Like Anthony Richardson is rushing straight out the gate, although he didn't rush in his last game. But I don't know. It was a weird game. He only played like yeah. How long did he play? A quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Quarter. Like. It, you know how many drives is that? Probably like two or three. Quarter and a half, and I mean it's it's literally it's literally the difference between like if the edge defender tees on the running back instead of the quarterback on a couple of zone reads, that's like two more carries for Richardson and two less for Moss, and now we're it's at his normal pace. Like, well, and Moss was like incredible because of how talented he is. Yeah, it's true. Because if there's one thing that we know, it's that running back talent is the primary. Uh, driver in fantasy football. Some fans. would say it's worth drafting 12th overall for that talent. I, I, um, I mean, I, I can't really disagree uh, with you entirely about the Richardson thing. Like, in the event that he starts off slow next year, I do think he'll be at risk in the sense that we just won't really have that strong sample size to work off of. They say four to eight weeks. We'll see. I, I think he probably plays again this year, but probably not very much. So he's going to go into the next year as kind of an unknown. Not not quite as much of an unknown as, say, Trey Lance off of his first year, but certainly yeah. not as known as, as some other guys. Um, you know, Trey Lance being a great example, like I have zero concerns about his offseason value this year. I think he will be basically stable with where he's been at. You might have some few people on the fringes that are going to say he's injury-prone, he, they're disinterested, but in terms of the people who would actually be in the market for him, I think it's going to be quite stable. Um, yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate that we he's going to be kind of eating through some insulation when he's not on the field. But I personally have seen – I've seen enough that I'm at least confident, not, not assured like I would be with, say, Stroud, but I'm pretty confident that uh, he is going to be – I don't know about a great quarterback, but I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a good enough quarterback and evaluating enough real-life quarterback that he's he's not going to be in jeopardy, at least in the medium term. I won't say like in the long term, as in he, I'm deeming him a decade-long starter, but I think he's shown enough gumption and gumption. athleticism <laughs> and pocket presence. Yeah, I'm, I'm invoking the gumption meter. I am. That makes sense. I, I would be gumption. very, I would be very surprised really if he, barring like further future injuries, significant ones i'd be very surprised if he was not let's say like the quarterback of the colts for the rest of his rookie contract like i think we're we're into at least two three years of relative stability uh and i definitely am buying anthony richardson injured like i just straight up like anytime we have a round one um startup pick quarterback who gets hurt it's like the best possible investment it's just usually one of the positions that people are most willing to move injured because it's just very hard to buy quarterbacks without giving one in return. Um, we'll talk about Jefferson and Achan, but it's it's I'm not gonna say it's easy to replace Justin Jefferson. But if you're if you're rostering Justin Jefferson, it's easier to say, okay, I'm not moving Jefferson. I'm gonna stick him on the IR, but I'm gonna trade a pick for a veteran wide receiver and try to replace 70% of his points. It's much more difficult to trade for a quarterback in that scenario. And so usually the best way to replace your injured quarterback, if that's something you've decided you need to do to stay competitive this year, is to trade your injured quarterback to someone. 
So uh, I definitely think that you can get Richardson or at least you try to get Richardson at some aspect of a discount. Um, whereas, you know, as of two weeks ago, I was making calls on Richardson to people and it was like uh, literally not available. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I think like as of today, if you wanted to buy Anthony Richardson, I don't really have an issue with it. I'm looking at some trades on like Fantasy Calc and I'm like, yeah, some of these are fine. A lot of them I'm still not that into, but uh, like some of them are like Anthony Richardson for Dak Prescott, Sam Laporta, and a third. I'll take Richardson. Yeah, I think so too. Even though I like Laporta, but that's not that's not an insane trade though. No, it's not. That's, that's what like I mean. It's not an insane trade, trade, but I feel like it's like a trade I would make. Anthony Richardson for Brock Purdy, Michael Pittman. I'd take the Richardson. That's side. easily Richardson. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got here? Oh, there, here's an interesting one. Anthony Richardson, Minshew, Gardner Minshew, a second and a third for CJ Stroud. Oh, that's like Richardson by a lot. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. like that's a very attainable trade. I think like I think. Have you found any where? Yeah, I actually tried that. Well, not with the second and third. I offered Stroud for Richardson straight up. I, I was declined. Oh. Um, uh, but it actually. But uh, have you have you seen any on trade calc where you would not take the Richardson side? Uh, yeah. So there's a Justin okay, Herbert, Keenan Allen for Zay Flowers, Anthony Richardson in a first. I think that's what you would not take the Richardson side there. Well, I guess maybe I'm making an assumption that's not an early first, but maybe it could be. So I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if it's a second. I'm taking the Richardson really? side there for sure. Over Herbert. Well, I like Zay a lot more than Keenan. Uh, yeah. And I don't really have like an opinion on Richardson versus Herbert. I, I view them as basically really? interchangeable. That's pretty like outside wild. of the injury issue, like that you can't start him for the next eight weeks. But in terms of like once Richardson returns, I view those two as basically interchangeable. Wild. All right. I mean, okay. some of us here like upside and others like boring pocket passers. Uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, there's a little guy who plays for the Chargers who just rushed like 12 times last game. To just Konami Konami 12 Hitler. rush attempts last game? Yeah. Is that how bad Josh Kelly is? There's like, no, it was myself. I could be wrong. I think it was last game anyway. Might have been two weeks ago. Whenever he broke his finger or whatever, he just like basically didn't pass the football again. <laughs> Sorry, I, for people who are listening to this, not live, uh, we're watching the Thursday Night Football game as we record this podcast, and Kadarius Tony just attempted a pass into double coverage on a double reverse, and I don't know how it didn't get intercepted, but it was really fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Herbert just like really cranked up the Konami factor here one game. Wow. Okay, good for him. I'm just going to check and see if it was last week or the week before. I can't remember now. Uh, that was... I think it was last week, but he only rushed for 27 yards on those like 12 carries. Yeah. How many of them were Neils? I don't think there was many. I think he was actually <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure what happened was he broke his finger and there is not his throwing hand. It was his other hand. Right. But they're okay. like, Hey, you know what? Just, just don't throw the ball anymore. We don't actually taking like a bad hit. Like just, but they still, just, but they still refuse to run it with Josh Kelly. <laughs> just run it like two or three yards and take it and, and like slide. It's fine. We only okay. need Three yards, four times in a row is a first down. So let's go. All right. That's enough. That's enough chatter about the immense rushing upside of Justin Herbert. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's, but let, let's talk about this because this is like, I think, a pretty reasonable scenario okay. for a lot of managers. Richardson, let's say you first have... and second, second. Sorry? A Richardson for a first and two seconds. That's an easy oh. Richardson, right? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. Like, 
There's a lot of trades okay, here. Right? I, that, that, that one, that one doesn't even make sense. Like we're gonna, uh, I guess, I, I mean, gonna again, jump the shark and I'm talk about the making an assumption. This is probably an early first. Oh, maybe they're right? trying to get their own first back because their whole season just blew up or something. Maybe. Okay. The only scenario where that trade makes sense to me is I traded my first away. I have Richardson. I go to the person who has my first and I say, look, you can trade me my first back right now and get Richardson. And you only have to add a couple seconds to it. Or, you know, and then I can just go tank and go get Caleb. Or I'm going to go and trade a 2025 first for Kirk Cousins and make sure you get stuck with the 106. And then it's like mutually acceptable. That in that world it makes sense. Uh, I got one in the more other first. world, in the other world, like well, we'll talk about asset classes later, but I, I think like generally you're not getting any of these injured guys by trading picks for them because like here's a real life, keep the injured guys. Real trade that happened. It's Anthony Richardson, a second round pick. Let's yeah. assume the second's nothing. And then the other side is Brees Hall. Wait, Richardson and a what? And for Brees Hall? A second. Uh, Richardson like should be valued immensely more than Brees Hall. Right? So like I I think there's a few like here's another one. Anthony Richardson for Jalen Waddle, a first and a second. Like I'm taking Richardson. That like, one's fair. I think that one's fair, but I, I would take Richardson, but I think that one's quite fair. I yeah, I, yeah. More it's certainly more fair than the Brees Hall one. The Brees Hall one's a joke. Yeah, that's that's like that's a nonsense situation. So, anyways, like there are some where I'm like probably selling Richardson. There's other ones. Any any time that I'm like trading Richardson and getting like somebody who is like a cornerstone pillar. There's a bunch of trades with Richardson and you're getting back like Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, well, I'm taking right Patrick Mahomes in that case. Or uh I would have considered like I don't think Herbert's as good as everyone else does, but I would consider Herbert to be like one of those like premium assets where I can take him and really easily flip him into something awesome. Whereas I might not be able to flip Anthony Richardson into something awesome necessarily. Oh, like you're talking about the double flip immediately. Yeah. Like, Hey, right. okay. somebody wants to buy Anthony Richardson for whatever reason. I can get Justin Herbert. I don't love Justin Herbert. I think he's a good quarterback who doesn't rush now, but that's not how the masses see it. Like he was the quarterback one overall, like two years ago or one year ago. I can't remember if it was last summer or the summer before. In like ADP, keep trade cal, like everything. So I would take my injured Anthony Richardson, which has a fairly limited market. I would say not everybody wants to buy an injured player, and flip yeah. him for Justin Herbert. And then I would take my Justin Herbert, who pretty much everybody would like to have, and I would use him to get into a quarterback that I think is, you know, much more awesome. From a fantasy football yeah. perspective, um, so it's like it's like a value grab, I guess, where I have a more, um, I can't think of the right word, a more sellable asset. Anyways, the other the other thing I just want to quickly touch on with Anthony Richardson is, I find it kind of funny that nobody really talks about it, but he's been hurt a lot. Like he's got a are lot. You, are you gonna? Are you? Of injury, big injury prone. Not really. I'm not an injury prone guy, but it's just like. But Richardson is. He barely played. How did he get so many freaking injuries? Like he played one season. He's got like. He's got a list. If you're watching on YouTube, he's got a list like this. I mean, I pray that this experience 
where like okay, the first time he got hurt this year, he faced like no consequences, like he was fine. Uh, and after week one, second time he got hurt, faced like very low consequences. He missed one game, but now he's missing a month plus. I am praying that through this experience that the coaches can sit him down and be like, dude, you need to slide. You you have to slide. You just have to do it. Like it's it, it's it's a, it's an issue. It concerns me as a dynasty investor. It concerns me as a Colts fan. Like he, I don't really get the concern necessarily about the rushing quarterbacks because a lot of the time, you know, they're not getting hit that frequently when they're run. You get some runs between the tackles and stuff, but the the majority, like you watch the Lamar Jackson game, the majority of his scrambles. It's like he's entirely in the open field. He sees everything in front of him, and he's usually either sliding or running out of bounds or, you know, kind of protecting himself and getting half-tackled. Like he's not usually taking vicious hits in the open field. But Richardson, like, he is seeking contact. He is running with (laughs) reckless abandon out there. And he's not – I mean, he's a big boy for sure. But it's 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 he's putting his body at far far too much risk right now for for my liking. Um, and I I'm quite sure that I'm not the only one who sees it. I imagine Shane Sykin is going to have a, a conversation with him uh, during this break. We'll see if it sticks. I don't know. But uh, okay. so, even Josh Allen over time has started to learn to in, integrate yeah. the slide into his I've, repertoire. I've, I found the list. I'm going to just read it out. There are That's a lot of injuries. Okay, this is starting with like I guess 2017 or something. I don't know. He's got the wrong date. This is from Jesse Morse, comma yeah. MD, yeah. and it, the first one is dated 1905. So I'm assuming that might be a typo, but I don't know what year it actually is. So he's got knee, shoulder, shoulder. Oh, ni- 1905 half. probably means May 2019. It's 7 10 1905. Oh, then never mind. Yeah, I, I don't get. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was trying to figure out what the typo would be, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be. Is it 7:05 p.m.? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, so he's got knee, shoulder, shoulder, hamstring, hamstring, concussion, knee, 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 ankle, hamstring, shoulder. Three of those injuries are when he was a starting quarterback. The rest, he was not a starting quarterback. Like these are like, I don't know, practice injuries. One, one literally, he's got a note says dancing. So I'm just like, this is a very potentially fragile man, I guess. This is a lot of injuries for not actually playing football. That's all I'm saying. It's it's like I'm not, I'm not an injury prone guy, but holy smokes, like this floored me when I saw it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like, should he stop dancing? Should we put that in the contract? This is one of those things that I would simply prefer to ignore. Um, I'm not saying you should ignore it. I would just prefer to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be happier if I ignored it. <laughs> I was like, they got to put in like you know the the Kyler Murray <laughs> Call of Duty like uh, the contract thing where he had to like study more. Because he was playing Call of Duty too much or whatever, like they got to do yeah. something, get him like not dancing. Because like that was a right knee sprain, dancing. Well, did you see, uh, did maybe you see the touchdown at practice. Did you see the AJ Dillon farming thing? No, he was on. Uh, someone posted on Twitter because it was like midnight and he was playing Farm Simulator on Twitch, which like <laughs> is just like a hilarious thing to be doing. He's just like he's like as a digital plow, just like cutting down wheat. At like midnight, and someone was like, "He plays traffic. This guy expecting an RB two, but he's playing Farm Simulator at midnight." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. oh my gosh! 
I don't know. I'm a little bit afraid of the injuries. Like three, three, three of the like nine injuries were when he was a starting quarterback, and then he's played like four games this year and got hurt. He's yet to three finish one. No, he literally like, yet to finish a game. Yeah. Like, come on, man. This is brutal. So I, I like. I, I don't know. You know that meme, the, the like I pretend I do not see it meme. That's just yeah. that's how I'm approaching the situation. I pretend I do not see it. Yeah, and like the doctor, the fantasy doctors are always like, "All oh, the best predictor of future injuries, past yeah. injury." And it's like, how do you how do you like justify like again if he was like playing every game and it was like football's a rough sport, you get hurt, but he's not even playing and he's got like seven injuries. Like it's it's absolutely crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It's unprecedented yeah. in my opinion, my very, very limited opinion of football odd. injuries. I don't do any – I don't do injury analysis because I'm not a freaking doctor. Like, as if I know what's going on when there's real doctors doing it or physiotherapists or whatever, right. the medical professional. There's real medical professionals that do injury analysis. Ask them your injury questions. But that is just like – he's got three red flags. I would probably That's give it more like five. Uh, I think it's probably more like a five red flag scenario. But uh, anyways, yeah, his like Coop, Coop from the Discord. What's yeah. his Twitter handle Discord now? He Maris. changed it a while ago. Now I don't remember what it is. Coop, I think it's Coop's FFB, I believe. Coop's, Coop's FFB. FFB. Genius guy. You should follow him on Twitter if you're not. One of my absolute favorite analysts. Him and I got into a discussion, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, about EPA versus CPOE. And... Um, I was, you know, arguing like, I don't know if Anthony Richardson can actually pass the football because his CPOE is like the worst we've seen since they started tracking CPOE, which is like 12 years ago. And I'm like, I understand the limitation. I don't think that CPOE tells us who is or is not a good football player. I think there's a lot of like nuance in that, but also like you can't be the literal worst in my opinion. Right. It's his rookie year. Let's give him time. The what I was looking at was like cumulative for all the years. I couldn't yeah. like pinpoint it to like a given year, or I didn't have time. I don't remember what it was, but uh, anyway, he was like literally like fourth out of 150 bad. So it was like really, really bad. And I'm just like, and Coop is like, hey, EPA is way more predictive. I'm like, I agree, but something's a little off. Maybe we're looking at this small sample and saying, well, EPA is really good. He's actually a good quarterback. Or we're looking at a guy who scored like seven touchdowns in two and a half games and saying he's a really good quarterback. Is he going to score seven touchdowns every two and a half games? That's like 50 touchdowns a season. That's probably not going to happen. So his EPA is probably not going to be as strong as it is. And I understand that EPA isn't necessarily like super touchdown heavy, but it's pretty touchdown heavy. So... I'm just like, I don't know that we've seen anything in his passing game necessarily. His PFF grade is awful. His EPA is like mediocre, but um, that includes rushing. I, I think I think that it's, I, I don't know. I think that you're being a little too lost in the sauce here. Like the, he so. moves the offense. And like a lot of times with rookie quarterbacks, like they don't move the offense. Right? Sure. Like the, the Carolina Panthers offense does not move. Until it's the fourth quarter and it's garbage time, then it moves. But like, it's in, but like, the Carolina Panthers are a non-competitive football team right now. Bryce Young, yeah. Um, Justin Fields rookie year, the Bears were a non-competitive football team. Like, the, the Colts are not. They they are a functional football team that like moves the ball 
throughout the field, and then they sometimes score touchdowns. Like I, I think that it's it's just all it's almost as simple as that to me. Where it's like when you watch Richardson and you watch the team, it's like, oh, this is like a real team that plays football, that threatens their opponents, that like is able to complete passes and run the ball and do things on the football field. And that's like kind of my threshold for rookie, especially when we're talking about a really small sample and we're looking at like EPA and CPOE and stuff. Like I that's that's really where I'm at with it. It's just like, does this look like a professional operation? Like, does he look like he knows what he's doing out there? And, and to me, he does. The offense moves. Um, I'm, I'm not that worried about it. Like, in terms of from what's his square one in the NFL? What, what, what are you worried like, about then? Why aren't you higher on high. I'm quite high on You just said you think he's going to start the rest of his rookie contract, but he's not a 10-year starter. Why is he not? No, I didn't say he's not a 10-year starter. I said I'm not ready to proclaim that he's a guaranteed Why are you not ready to proclaim him as a 10-year starter? (laughs) Because he played like – he's literal. I'm going to finish his one game first. That's what – okay? (laughs) Once he finishes his first game, I'll proclaim him. Okay. We'll wait for his first game in like another 10 weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's talk about. Uh, I mean, Jefferson. Assuming that boring. he finishes one, there's a chance he doesn't actually finish a game ever. That's true. Uh, Jefferson is pretty boring to talk about in terms of like how he'll be valued when he returns. Like he'll be valued highly. He's Justin Jefferson. Can we talk about Jefferson versus Chase though? Because I was uh, in the minority for sure coming into the season with Chase above Jefferson. Uh, you Chase that, above Jefferson? Yes. Uh, then certainly, I'll get into it in a second. Then certainly the start of the season was certainly a Jefferson over Chase type opening to the season. <laughs> and then, you know, th- things could not have possibly turned around more this week where Chase has like 60 points and Jefferson goes on injured reserve. Um, I've seen this debate now in this context is, okay, would you trade Jefferson straight for Chase? Would you trade Chase for Jefferson how much should you have to add to make the swap? What's what's your take on on the gap between the two of them, both when they are eventually both healthy, and then especially in the context of uh, with Jefferson hurt, like how much you would add to go get Chase, if anything? Well, I'm really boring on this front. I think they're basically the same. I think that I would prefer whoever's cheaper. And if I'm trading one for the other right now, I don't know. It would depend on what I have to pay for it. Like, what I pay... How, how long is Jefferson okay, supposed well, to be let's, let's, well, Okay, well, let's say this. You have Chase, and I you're have Chase. tanking anyway. Um, and I'm tanking? Jefferson, yeah. Why would so I tank Jefferson with manager, Chase? Uh, well, I mean, it seems like one of, the, one of the better players to hold in a tank. <laughs> probably, it'd probably be, like, in my top ten. I'm just saying, if I have Jamar Chase, my team's probably not bad because Jamar Chase is on it. Okay, well, let's just let's have this scenario. Okay, you have Jamar Chase, <laughs> you're tanking. Um, Je- Jefferson manager approaches. Okay, well, either way, you either have Jamar Chase and you're tanking, or you have Jamar Chase and you're five and zero. But sure. either in either capacity, you're in a place where the next five six weeks um, of production are not hugely important to you. Uh, you can so Jefferson manager comes to you. And says, okay, uh, I'm willing to trade you Justin Jefferson for Jamar Chase. Uh, and they say straight up. And then you you say what? Do you say yes? Do you say add what? What's your next response? I want an add. And I don't right. feel what's like the second what are you demanding? Okay, so but let's I'm play this out. What do you? Okay, so you, okay, oh. well, let's just, let's talk. I, hi, I'm Jefferson. Oh, man, injuries, eh? Uh, 
I can't believe I just lost Justin Jefferson. Fuck, I'm three and two, and I need to win these weeks. Like, you have Jamar Chase. Look, everybody knows Jefferson's better than Chase, bro. Um, why don't you just make this trade for me straight up, man? I'm giving you a fucking gift, bro. No. Okay, fine, man. You got me. I guess you're gonna play hardball. <laughs> well, what are you gonna? What, what do I need to add, bro? Uh, I'll tell you this much: a second isn't enough. So, second's not enough. So. A second. Look, come on, man. That's not reasonable. After last week, bro, Jamar Chase wasn't doing anything. Bengals, they couldn't even move the ball. Like now, you're telling me I have to add more than a second? You wouldn't. You would have been able to offer me a first in Jamar Chase last week. I would have said no way. You can't act like I have to add a second now, more than a second. That's ridiculous, bro. Yeah, I'm really not desperate here. So if you want to go hey, ahead Bob, and add more, I'll add a second and I'll give you Justice Hill. <laughs> Why are you giving me a player that I can't? Okay, man, look, stop giving me the rinky dink. Why don't you just tell me something? I'm going to say yes or no. What? No. Hard pass. Get out of here. No, man. Just give me an offer. Let me know what I have to pay. Oh, my God. Give me, uh, I don't know. Give me, like, something that's more than a second but less than a first. What's that, man? You tell me. What do you got on your look, team? Look I don't roster. know. Look at my roster. Tell me, give me a player. Where, where, where is this fictitious roster, Jacob? What am I supposed to look at? Okay, you're really bad at this exercise. Uh, it's clear you never did improv in high school. Uh, it's <laughs> also clear. clear. It's also clear you don't actually play fantasy football right now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was me performing the role of Jeff, the annoying trade guy. Uh, and that was Drew playing the role of Drew, the guy who wasn't very committed to this bit. You should um, you should get an Oscar for that performance. It was fantastic. You should have been able to come up with any single player in the NFL that I'm just, I'm just on my trying roster. to like put it together. I didn't know this question was coming. I'm unprepared. I'm not okay. an improv guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're a that you're a dynasty analyst that can't think of a single player in the NFL yeah. who's worth more than a second and less than a first. Uh, it's just it's, I don't think on the spot. I don't think on the fly. That's why I don't do podcasts. That's why I refuse podcasts oh. for so long. That was disgraceful. So point being, that's your bright. You need more than a second, less than a first. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. I think that I my take is situation neutral. Jamar Chase should be worth a second more than Justin Jefferson. I think that they are broadly comparable assets, except that Chase has zero quarterback concerns probably for life. Maybe he has like a Tyreek Hill situation when he's 28 or a Devontae Adams situation and, and eventually gets traded because he's demanding – $40 million. But I would say for the duration of his rookie contract this year and next and the year after, and then his next extension. So we're talking like six, seven more years, Joe Burrows is quarterback barring injury. And that is very attractive to me. Whereas Jefferson, his quarterback is who fucking knows. Like he might have Kirk Cousins when he returns this year. I don't know who his quarterback is next year. Could uh, be fucking Brock Osweiler. Well, like, I mean, Kirk Cousins. I'm all in. Right. I mean, this isn't, this is not like a Kirk Cousins bashing scenario. I, Cause I've made this point before. People are like, what do you mean? Kirk's good. I agree. If you told me Jefferson could have Kirk Cousins as his quarterback and, and the Kirk Cousins found like the fountain of youth or whatever. So we could just have this version of Kirk Cousins for yeah. the next 10 years. I'm all about it. Like there's not a lot of better options than Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of worse options than Kirk Cousins. He could have, maybe the Vikings suck and he gets Caleb Williams and we're, we're all happy, but I don't know. Maybe they draft Drake May, and maybe Drake May is awesome, or maybe Drake May is bad. I, it's possible. Maybe, maybe they have to draft like, 
Maybe they have to draft like a third tier rookie and they're like spinning the wheel on Quinn Ewers. Like that has a lot of downside risk or JJ McCarthy or whoever else. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they draft a really good quarterback at some point, but it's a rushing quarterback and that's fine, but it's certainly not as good as Kirk Cousins or Joe Burrow. Um, or maybe they just end up in this like forever quarterback purgatory and they're, they're the team that is like, I don't know, trading for Mac Jones or they're the team that's, um, uh, I don't know, spinning the wheel on Derek Carr one day or Jimmy Garoppolo's next team. Like there's just, I'm not saying that Jefferson's going to be bad. I'm not saying he's going to be ruined. Like he's still Justin Jefferson, but to me, like the, the, the scoring 23, 24, 25 point per game ceiling he, re- he requires being on a team with a good quarterback that's going to have a ton of pass attempts. And once you take that away, and it's possible that gets taken away, now we're into the like 18 to 20 point per game ceiling, which is obviously still, you know, ludicrously valuable, but it's, it's, it is a legitimate difference. And I think that with Chase, we know he's awesome and we know his situation is going to be awesome. And if him and Burrow are both healthy for the next decade, we're rolling. Okay, I'm all the way in. You've convinced me. I want Jamar Chase. It's going to take more than a second. Come on, bro. Considerably more than a second. (laughs) I'm not sure you did the right job in improvising your convincing me to trade you my Jamar Chase. I feel like you went. No, that was my character. I had abandoned the character. That was just an exercise. (laughs) No, I'm looking at. It's abandoned the character. Of course. I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the fantasy calc right now, and I just looked at 100 trades, and there are a lot. Uh, like I was just looking at Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, there are a lot straight up in the last right, like, two that, days. Which that, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you have Justin Jefferson, I'd probably just go trade him for Jamar Chase today. And yeah, it seems pretty I don't, possible. It's funny because if before we you just talked me into this, I probably would have been like, eh, I, I'd probably want a little bit either way. But now I, I'm I'm firmly in the Jamar Chase over Justin Jefferson, and uh, you can't stop me now. Good to hear. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely. Yeah, I'm definitely Chase uh, over Jefferson. I would. I mean, I would take like I would take I would take like maybe two seconds. I would do like yeah. chase in the second for Jefferson in a first, something like that. I just don't think that's really out there. So basically no. my attitude on Jefferson is like, if I have say. Jefferson, I'm going to see if I can trade just a little bit and get chase. And if I can't do that, then I'm probably just holding them because once we get past Jefferson and chase now, I mean, we're taking like a tumble down the rankings where like, if we're talking Jefferson versus, because I've seen, I, I pull up fantasy calc, but it just in terms of the discussions, the two most common discussions I've seen, about Justin Jefferson is either the chase one where it's roughly straight up or it's okay. What about Amon Rana first, Lamb in a first, Waddle in a first, like all, all these kind of guys. And that's where I'm taking the Jefferson side every single time. So yeah. to in me, fact, now it's the opposite. That's where I'm trying to trade for Jefferson from. I'm not moving him if I'm, if I'm a Jefferson holder in that scenario, yeah. I'm basically I, only trying to move him for chase. And if I can't get chase, then I'm just kind of living with it. Yeah, and I think what's important to note is that I don't really care what stage your team is at in that trade. Like, if you have a contending team or a terrible team, I'm going and trading. I mean, I'm not trading my Caleb Williams first, but uh, if I got like a, a mid to late first, 
I'm trading that along with Amon Ra or Lamb or whomever to get Chase and yeah. or to get uh, Jefferson. And then I'm just waiting it out. And, sure. and or if I'm a contender and somebody is also a contender and they lost Jefferson and I'm like, well, I got Amon Ra here. So you want him and maybe like a first? And they're like, yeah, yeah. of course. I'm I'm just going to make the trade because my team is going to be better for it in six weeks or however long it's going to be. And oh. I don't value the next six weeks on a contender all that much. Chances are if I'm a contender today and Justin Jefferson goes down, I'm still a contender tomorrow, just not as strong. And Or sorry, if I'm a contender today with Amon Ra, I can probably – like surely you can't replace Amon Ra straight up, but I can probably get somebody in my lineup that's going to score 12, 13 points a game. Exactly. And... You can kind of nesting doll your way through it. Like you get, yeah. you trade Amon Ra on a first for, and for Jefferson. And then you try to trade a second for like a Lockett or a Hopkins. And yeah. you, you like piece it enough together where like, you're not, you're viable. And then ideally by the playoffs, you're way better uh, yeah. when you have Justin Jefferson. Back in the lineup. That's what I'm saying. We're on the same page, bro. Give me a second or more. <laughs> yeah, bro. That was pretty good. That was a good attempt. Okay. Uh, last one is Achan. I mean, this is probably the most interesting from like a player perspective in that I think he is probably the uh, – he would be the guy that like if he missed the – if he missed – let's say – I don't think he's going to miss the rest of the season, but let, let's say that he did. He would be a very difficult player to value going into next season. Oh, yeah. Because like, like it's really hard to to like say what to think of a back who played for so few weeks, had very little, you know, not even a massive opportunity share, but then was not just good, but like absolutely extraordinary. Like it's you you can you can make a case for a lot of different things to be a rational valuation on him um, at this point. Yeah, I think. Right now, for him, with the uncertainty, I'm probably just cashing out. And oh, uh, come on, wow! For what? What? What are you taking? Well, whatever really... you're taking, I'm probably so happy to give it to you. Are you? Well, let's hear. Um, let's let's hear the well, fantasy cow craves. Name name a few that you think are not insane. Okay. I'm gonna find some like non HM side up. Some like one for one ish, or like one in a pick, so they're easier to yeah, comprehend. But don't don't pick one that's like intentionally goofy. Like pick one that you think is like so, kind of reasonable, like, and you prefer the non HM side. Devin Achan for DeAndre Swift. Yeah, HM. Really? Yeah, play a lot. A lot? Yeah. DeAndre Swift's outscoring like everyone right now. He's outscoring twenty five. Not, not HM. Certainly not outscoring HM. That's true. Uh, I mean, Swift, Swift is in, like, he's, he's going to be great for the rest of the season. But he's, yeah. he's, I mean, he still hasn't been, like, difference-making great. He's been good, really good. Uh, yeah. And I, I have no problem trading for DeAndre Swift. But he's, he's like, after the season, we'll see. It can kind of break a few different ways. Like, if he resigns with the Eagles, that'd be really good. I don't know if the Eagles are going to pay him. Um, I don't think anybody's going to pay him, though. <laughs> and, and, but, right, but then we're kind of in... I don't know. So it's then we're in I don't know zone again with him. So I, I prefer HN for sure. Even though the others have could just win you your league right now? I think it depends on your definition of win you your league. Like how many points per game do you think he's scoring the rest of the season? Like I think it's like like 16, 18. 17? 18. 
He has one game this season where he scored 18 points. Well, he's not going to score 18 every game. Right. He's going to score some with 18, one of the five. Some with 30, and then he's going to score like 15 and 12 sometimes. You know, roughly balance out to 18. Okay. I'll take the under on 18, but not by a What what are you taking? Like 17? Like 15, 16. That low. He scored 15 as a rookie. Yeah. He he caught a lot more passes back then. This week he was finally involved in the passing game. Yeah. Sign of things to come. Uh, okay, give me some other ones. All right, I got a I got a good one here for you. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that I'm on your side on this one. Devin A. Chain and Ramondre for Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, well, that's not like a, a that's not. Yeah, I was kidding. Life. That one was too easy. Here's a, here's an actual good one because this is like pitting your strongest take against your strongest take. And oh, there's A-Chan nothing over Pollard. Really. Well, yeah, I mean, we were on the Woody show last week. We the were, best running we back in the freaking world? We, we literally, okay, I don't know why, I know you're like doing this whole bit, but like we were on this show last week and I was like, HN's clearly a top five dynasty running back. Yeah, but now he's um, hurt. That's fine. I, I'm not I'm not really that worried about it. Like I don't treat him very differently from this. I, I think it's a fine I assume that Tony Pollard was a top one dynasty running back. So that's fair. Freaking confusing. Um. What about like in picks? Like I would still easily trade a first for him. Um, yeah, there's tons of first round picks being traded for him. Yeah, I think like probably a first plus a second is probably the max I would go. But it would have to be a playoff first in that scenario. Yeah, would you trade it a have to be uh, like the, the like a super late first? But like, would you trade like a super fringy like mid? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Really? In and I don't have a second. I just have to trade a mid first. Yeah. Yeah, easily. but like, but like the mid first could be could be high or it could be low. Like it, it could yeah, be that's, yeah. There's no 2024 running back that I'm going to rank above A chain. No, but there's probably like four or five guys in the class you'd prefer to A chain, isn't there? Uh, four, I think. Yeah, maybe five. If and those guys aren't going to go to the top out. four more than likely. There's going to be three. They probably like, are. You think Bowers uh, is going to go fourth? I, I mean, look, I it's October 12th. I'm not going to tell you what the ADP of the dynasty rookie drafts are going to be. You're it's hard a to wild say. man. Uh, HN, this is like, I think probably a pretty clear one from a, like a market perspective, but I'm curious your take on it. HN or Kyle Pitts? Um, that is a tough one. Yeah. Uh, cause on one hand, HN's hurt, but on the other hand, Kyle Pitts may as well be hurt because he doesn't really score points anyway. Um, he did this week though. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, but he only ran I, one direction I, this week, so that that helped. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, it did. Um, I would, I would probably still go Pitts on that one. Yeah, I would too. I, I don't think it's really a question for me. Like, it, you're, you're like humming and hauling. I'm like slam dunking it. I'm like, absolutely, give me Kyle Pitts. But uh, HN or Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. So had you had, had he not been hurt right now, I think I would probably lean HN. But that's one really? where I think the injury would push me slightly towards Taylor. Even after Taylor got paid, they're probably going to give him the job back after Zach. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, I just think HN is like, um, you know, the 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 youth advantage matters there. The offensive advantage matters there. Um, I, I would I would go with with Taylor though because of the injury. Wow, I didn't realize, like, uh, how long did this injury is? I thought it was supposed to be relatively short-term. Uh, it was at least four weeks. Uh, it's on IR. Yeah. 
and we'll see from there. They haven't even said what it is. It's just a knee injury. People are speculating mm. meniscus. People are speculating MCL. Achan hmm. or Laporta in a second? Laporta. Yeah, I think so too. Fascinating. There's some like really right. bad trade. Like honestly, if you're playing fantasy football right now and you do not roster Devin Achan, you just need to go and ask because there's some really bad trades for Achan right now. Like where I would massively prefer the Achan side. And I'm not an Achan guy. You don't even like him. Yeah. I don't even like him. And like you can get this this trade literally happened today. This is October 12th. Today, somebody traded Devin Achan, Achan for Jaden Reed in a second. Like that's insane. We got a Devin Achan for Calvin Ridley in a second. That's insane. Like we've just got a lot of really, really bad simple trades that I think are like slam dunks. We got a Devin Achan, Devontae Adams for Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Like these are these are really, yeah, really like, simple Achan sides. So some of these things are just like not from real life. I, I don't care if it like that says that they're from real life. Um, you don't think that this actually happened? Like okay, maybe it like maybe it like happened, but that doesn't mean that it happened, if that makes any sense. No, no, it happened. Like and, and like these are not isolated incidents. I was trying to read you like the reasonable ones. In fact, the DeAndre Swift one I thought was completely unreasonable. Like I would have never went into a league and said, "Hey, I'm going to give you DeAndre Swift for Devin A. Chan," even though I like Swift. Like I don't think that's where the market's at. That's a terrible trade. I would have thought, but here we are. Uh, and like here's another one: Devin A. Chan for David Montgomery, Dalton Schultz, and a third. Like that is brutal. Somebody made a huge mistake. And like it just keeps going. There's so many of these trades where I'm just blown away. Here we have Devin A. Chan, Justin Jefferson, same same side. A second and a third. Somehow they had to add draft picks to this to get it done. For Kendry Miller, Jalen Waddle, and Chris Olave. Yeah, I mean, some of these are some of these are pretty well. So this this is definitely a, a transition where you know, you're talking about even a guy you don't really like uh, being way too cheap to acquire in many instances. But let's talk a little bit generally, trading forager guys. I mean, generally speaking, I think that we are always going to be on the side of we're more likely to be one to trade for the injured guys than away the injured guys. Uh, Hold on. I found, I, I found the worst one yet. We can't move on okay. yet because this is the worst trade I've ever seen. There has never been a trade in the history of the trades that has been worse than this. Devin Chan, you may have guessed, is on one side. On the other side, we have Keontae Ingram, naturally, super stud. Yeah. Jerome Ford, also super Did he at least get stud. Keontae and Amari DiMarcado? No, 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 no. He got one. And Jerome Ford and Rashi Rice and a third. Like, yeah. this is unacceptably bad. And then that very next trade, Devin A. Chan for DJ Moore. I'm probably taking Devin A. Chan, and I love DJ Moore. I just, I just cannot even. I cannot even. It's it's just it's whenever these trade or whenever these like injuries happen before we get into like the next part that we're going to talk about. Whenever these injuries happen, you have this like the market doesn't know what to do yet. Right. People exactly. are overreacting, no underreacting. It's just like an unknown, especially with like an unknown player like this. Like there's so much variance in what's going to go down in trades. And you're going to see some of these trades in your leagues, and you'll be like, 
I would have paid that. Like, why didn't he ask me if yeah. I wanted to make that trade? So sure. just be the guy who goes out and says, hey, right, you want to be in the mix. This? Yeah, you want to be in the mix. Anyway, carry on with what you were saying. I think it's going to be great. Well, Let's go to the next Well, one. yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about – you can talk about any angle you want. I was going to say, first of all, kind of as we're talking about, like, probably the people that want to get in on getting some of these injury discounts. But specifically, first thing I want to talk about uh, in terms of the how to go about it is – like the asset class, the asset class, the asset class, the amount of times that people offer draft picks for injured players is like one of my personal pet peeves. Like I, I'm sure if you want fantasy calc, there are some examples where it happens. Um, you know, we talked through that Richardson example. It's kind of a special case of where it might be someone even trading for his own first back or, or we just made that up. I don't know. Maybe we might have fan fiction of that. No, I think that's a legitimate um, thing. But it's a thing that can happen, theoretically. Um, all that being said, like that, normally that's just a really silly thing to do because you have to try and think through every trade from the opposing, or not the opposing, the other manager's perspective, right? What The first thing I do when, when Justin Jefferson gets hurt is I go through my teams. I look and say, okay, how many teams do I have Justin Jefferson on? And then I look at those teams and basically I sort them into three categories. Like one, teams that can sustain a Justin Jefferson injury because they're so loaded or they're already 5-0 and or whatever else. Teams that I don't care about a Justin Jefferson injury because I'm not trying to win at all anyway. And then those teams in the middle that were reliant on Justin Jefferson were not quite a house but still competitive and this injury has very negative ramifications for and, and that's really the manager that you're trying to target, right? That's the manager that's going to be most willing to potentially part with Justin Jefferson to take drastic measures. And look, that manager, they're not trading Justin Jefferson for picks unless they're a moron. They're doing one of two things. They're either going to trade Justin Jefferson for production so they can keep going or they're going to treat everyone else on the roster for picks, and they're going to choose to tank because of this Justin Jefferson injury. But those are probably the only two options. HN maybe a slightly different case, where you have a player that's kind of an unknown, and maybe someone looks at it and says, fuck, I don't want to hold this bag. Um, I'm just going to get out of the HN business for a first and a second or whatever else. But the Jefferson case, and I think Richardson case as well, are not that. If you want them, come with players. What, what are the types of offers that you would be like, Sending not just in terms of value, but in terms of like the actual kinds of pieces that you'd be crafting to go and entice a Jefferson manager. I think that that trade that we were talking about earlier, where you're taking like those like tier two or tier three wide receivers that are like good, not great, and you're just like trying to tear up from them, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, for Jefferson, there's like maybe a couple quarterbacks that I would consider trying to get up from. Uh, I'm trying to think of who would be like a, it wouldn't be like the superstars. Like I'm not trying to get out of Patrick Mahomes into Justin Jefferson or anything like that, but maybe like, uh, I don't know, like a second round quarterback, second round startup quarterback. I'm trying to think of who would be there now. Maybe like a Deshaun Watson. Like if somebody's still really high in Deshaun Watson, which I think they should be, don't get me wrong. But like, mm, that's I, a guy I don't think anyone's tied Shaw Watson right now. But this well, he's injured. Uh, uh, sketchiness. Well, and, it's not and, even just that he's injured. I think I think people would feel better. I don't know how good anybody would feel about Sean Watson. I'll say this: I would feel better about Sean Watson 
if Deshaun Watson just came and was like, yeah, I bruised my rotator cuff. They said two to four weeks. I'll be back in a week or two. The, the like whole shrouded in mystery of like he was medically cleared and now he's not talking to the media and no one even announced what the injury was. It had to get leaked through sources. And Stefanski is like, yeah, he was cleared, but he doesn't feel like he can throw out. We need to throw it. I don't like it. Yeah, it feels like there's something else going on right now. So Watson's not a great example, but like, I don't know. It feels like, I mean, to me, if we're going to do the baseless speculation on Watson, which I'm willing to do, I've seen some people just being like, oh, he doesn't want to have a bad game against the 49ers. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I, I do get the feeling, though, that like, my my take on it, and we're just going to baselessly speculate because why not? Is the first one was kind of in good faith. He expected to play. I don't think that he actually. I I, I believe that he truly did intend to play because I don't know why anyone would tell reporters I expect to play if they didn't think they would play. You're setting yourself up to become unlikable, right? So I, I think that he probably did legitimately want to play, and then he probably got to the stadium. And he didn't think that he could. I, I buy that. And then Stefanski comes out and says that he was medically cleared. And I imagine that he fucking hated that. <laughs> um, because it made him seem like a massive um, uh, offensive word. And now I imagine he might be in kind of like some sort of standoff of like, I'm not playing until I'm 100% ready. And I'm not talking to the media. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's sketchy. Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of different baseless speculation that we could jump to. I was thinking something otherwise that was like, you know, someone else came forward and he has more legal woes. And Oh, and, well, that could be. Yikes. And we're like waiting f- to find out what's going on or the NFL's investigating. Who knows? Like the fact he's not talking to the media is the part that has me like panicking. I'm like, what's the worst case scenario when you're not talking to anyone? Probably something really bad. <laughs> so, oh, gosh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's probably nothing, and it's much to ado about nothing, and we probably shouldn't speculate about things. That we are not the masses. We need to let you know we are not investigative reporters. We know we have no insider information. We are merely just, like, two guys at the bar talking about the oh, things that might be out there. I don't know. But uh, anyways, we shouldn't speculate of such things. We are sorry to everyone who's been hurt by our words. Nevertheless, forget I brought up Deshaun Watson. I'm trading like a second round startup quarterback. Maybe, maybe like a Tua Tungabaloa. If I take a Tua Tungabaloa and get him into a Justin Jefferson, that'd oh, be really yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of where I was trying to find. Like that guy that I'm like, ah, he's pretty good. I'm not like super into it. He's pretty expensive. Like I'll get out and I'll get Justin Jefferson, who I am really into and is also super expensive. I think right. the... Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right in that if somebody has a Justin Jefferson on the roster and you come in with like three first round picks and they're like, well, I'm trying to freaking win here. Like, how does that help me right now? I might as well just wait. I'm not going to get points from the picks. I'm not going to points from Jefferson. So right. beat it. Like, that doesn't make any sense. If, if anything, you should offer for their other players. Yeah. Yeah. Go right. in and be like, hey. Like approach them and be like, hey, what are you thinking? And then like. Like, and then they might say, like, oh, I'm competing or I'm willing to blow it up. And if they say you're blowing it up, then be like, okay, oh, I, I noticed you have Stefan Diggs on your roster. Would you, yeah. like, first for Stefan Diggs? Like, that that's that's very possible. Yeah. 
And honestly, if they're blowing it up, they might be into like three first. I just wouldn't like cold call it, if you will. Right. I'm not sending a cold. I doubt it though. I mean, if I if I'm blowing it up and I have Jefferson, I'll just trade all my players who aren't hurt and I'll trade Jefferson when he's back. Yeah. No, people aren't like you're giving the masses way too much credit. Like, really? Like, come on. Okay. Masses aren't thinking like that. They're like, oh, I gotta blow it up. Uh, I'm Jeff, the improv guy. I just need some like first round Uh, picks, man. Yeah, but but the thing is, like, masses, like, like, I mean, masses dumb guy is usually just like, like, masses dumb guy who's in a rebuild is usually not overblowing it up. Like, they're usually underblowing it up. Like, it's usually like, (laughs) oh man, I can't trade DK Metcalf. I'm building around him. (laughs) That does sound like improv, Jeff. That's yeah. so improv, Jeff. Come on, bro. Chris Godwin's a pillar of my team. We're rebuilding around him. <laughs> but uh, with Devon Achan, I think like you could you could float a first round pick for him if you wanted to. I'd trade a late first for him pretty easily. Like I don't Easy. I don't really have an issue with that at this point. I I'm still probably not that comfortable trading a mid first just because it could be like a Brock Bowers or or like uh, it's probably going to be Brock Bowers if anything. If if uh, if I'm getting one of those like big four, but that being said, it could be it could be um, what's his name? What's the Marvin Harrison? It could be Marvin Harrison because we no, might get three be like highly one hundred three right. Jamar Chase was like one hundred five in his class, one hundred six yeah, in his class. True. Like if we get a first round running back, like Trevi- is Trevion Henderson twenty twenty four? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if he's going to declare he's... or not, but yeah, but like if we get right. if we get a first round running back. Or maybe a couple, and then we get like, uh, you know, three top 10 quarterbacks with some Konami ability. Like, we could be looking at Harrison at like 104, 105 pretty easily. It's not that crazy. And I don't even know if Harrison's that good. Like, his season's been weird so far. So we'll see if he gets the crazy, crazy draft capital. I think he's good too, Uh, but like, his season's weird. I mean, he's like rumored to go like second or third overall real life. I think he's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Jamar Chase was rumored to go second overall as well. Well, he went pretty darn close. He went fifth. That's pretty close. Three quarterbacks went ahead of him and a tight yeah. end. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll be a tight end to go ahead of uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., but you never know. Um, okay. Let's talk about it from the other perspective. But let's say you are that team, because I think the other answers are easy, right? If you are already tanking, um, obviously you're not trading your injured guys right now. If you are, um, if, if you're like a five and zero team, I think you just try and suffer through it and at least reassess. And then maybe at the trade deadline, if we start hearing rumors of like Justin Jefferson's not going to play at all this year, maybe at that point you look at and like, okay, maybe now I make the trade. But for the time being, at least, I think you hold firm. Or is there a scenario where you would trade? Let's let's say the Jamar Chase. You first thing you do is you knock on Jamar Chase manager's door, and then Jamar Chase manager says, "No, um, I need a first on top." And you say, "Okay, that's too much." From there, is there any scenario at market that you would be trying to trade away Justin Jefferson um, on on that world where you're like kind of like a middling contender? You're like three and two, and you're like five seed. And I can't get Chase. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fire scenarios at you, uh, and then I'm, I'm just gonna keep changing the outline of the scenario slightly each time. But All yeah, right. right now it's you can't get Chase. You're three and two. You're the five seed. 
and five speed's probably like a pretty accurate reflection of your team status um with jefferson on it so you're probably a little worse than the five seed right now you have your own first um you have like i don't know kind of like an average team like you have a few older players a few younger players um well what would you do would you do nothing would you try and trade jefferson would you uh try and trade everyone else old and just like blow the whole thing up what, what would you be looking at doing yeah i'd probably do that if I if I'm a up. five seed with Jefferson, I'm probably not a real contender. Like I I don't feel like that's real contender dumb. So I'm gonna blow it up and I'm gonna go buy probably an Anthony Richardson who's injured, right? And isn't gonna score me points, but is gonna retain his value to some degree. Probably get a nice bump when he returns. Then I'm probably gonna sell Anthony Richardson when he comes back before he can get hurt again. And then I'm gonna you know just keep like finding the flavor of the month that uh, is going to give me some quick value gains and or is like something I can buy and hold until like I can buy and hold as many guys as I can. Like Kyler Murray would be a very attractive player to go after in a situation like that where I'm like, yeah, he's probably good. He's going to get a value bump when he starts scoring points again. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care if the Cardinals are last place and they pick Caleb Williams. Kyler Murray is going to start football games somewhere. And I certainly don't think that Arizona Cardinals is the best situation in football. Like, yeah, I'm not like, oh no, what's he gonna do outside of Arizona? Now that Cliff's gone, how's it gonna go for Kyler? I'm not, I'm not that concerned about it. So right. yeah, if I'm like a fifth seed, I have Justin Jefferson. He's now out. I am probably no longer a playoff team for as long as he's out. And or or maybe I'm like the sixth seed. I don't know, but uh, depends on what else is in the league, right? Yeah, and I'm just gonna try to get all the players that are good or are going to get obvious value gains, and I'm gonna wow. buy them and cash out. Sorry, uh, Carlin Sutton just made like one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. That was insane for a touchdown. Uh, meaningless. The Broncos are gonna lose, but that was like absolutely sick. He was like absolutely draped in coverage, went up, high points it with one hand, brings it down. Was ruled not a catch, but he got a knee down. It's for sure gonna get overturned. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, skip for Cortland Sutton. Uh, I agree with everything that you said. I have, I actually don't have that much Jefferson. I hate to break it to people uh, because of this chase over Jefferson take that I've had for a while. And also just I generally prefer like Lamar Jackson over Justin Jefferson. So I don't have a ton of Jefferson. I have him on only four teams. Uh, of those four teams, um, three of them are like locked and loaded teams like i think one of them is four and one and in second place but like first and point scored another one is second place and first and point scored another one is i think first place and then the fourth of those was like pretty mid um in large part because i've been kind of getting railed by injuries the whole year like i had barkley and chubb on that team so my running backs went from being barkley and chubb to being khalil herbert and justice hill pretty quick um and then the Jefferson injury, I was like, all right, this that's this is a sign. Like <laughs> I, I'm supposed to have Barkley and Chubb and Jefferson this year, and I, I don't have any of those players this year. Uh, so at that point in time, I, I did what we were just suggesting. I moved Saquon Barkley. I didn't move Justin Jefferson, and I, I still have some other olds. So I'm trying to move um, Lockett, for instance, is one. I mean, the nice thing is I had my first there and, and my second, and I think all my picks. Um, the danger zone is if you don't have your first – that's where you're a little bit screwed. And my answer is basically like, it's hard because you you're, you're almost want to like calculate the EV of your team twice. 
And I know that you probably can't actually do this. Like I can't even probably do this, but if you can just kind of think about it in your head, these are the two things I would ask people to consider. Like a, what is, what's like the EV of this year by EV, like expected value is in like the expected monetary value of your team. So the percentage chance that you win the money, what's like the EV of your team this year relative to other years. So for instance, if you have like a super, super high value team, let's say you like tanked for two years or maybe just one year, you, you auto tanked out of the startup, you've built this fucking juggernaut on value, but it's not really like the world's highest scoring team because a lot of it's kind of young. So you have guys like Garrett Wilson's and Alave's who, um, and you have guys like, I don't know, Brees Hall or whatever are on this team where it's, you know, you're not scoring quite as many points because you don't have the digs as you don't have the atoms as the cuts. That's a really high value team. That's where I would look at it and say like the expected value of my team over the next several years is already really high. So like punting doesn't really make that much sense. It would make more sense to shift more EV into this year. So if I have to take a small loss on Jefferson or on someone else, you know, maybe I just trade one of my other younger players um, to try and get more points or I trade draft picks to try and get more points, supplement it. Let's like, let's, let's steer in somehow. Let's sacrifice a little bit of long-term value for the near term because I'm already good on long-term value. Um, if I'm not in that scenario where I'm just kind of like middle of the road on value or even behind, that's what I'm looking at. And it's like, okay, it's probably not realistic for me to think that I'm going to go through the rest of my existence in this league never having to rebuild. So the Grim Reaper's coming eventually. What's wrong with now? You know, now's probably a good time. My first round startup pick just got injured for um, four plus weeks. Like now seems like a good time to make that my year to focus on value gains instead of focusing on points. Um, that would be probably try to how I would tend to look at things. That's interesting. The more that we're talking about this, the more I'm realizing I just really never play for points until my team is like so incredibly stacked that I, I can't not score points. And it usually only takes like two years. So it's not like it's a really long holding period. And I'm just probably never going to make a trade where I'm like, oh, this helps me now, but it doesn't help me long term. So I guess what I'm saying is I would not do what you're suggesting. And I don't think I really realized that until now to some degree. Like I, I, like I have made trades for points now, but it's like, my team's already in first place and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, huh, I could use, like I traded a first round pick for Cooper cup, like three years ago before he exploded. And he was like a middling, like it was probably not a great trade at the time. He was like, I don't know why you're 15 or something, but I was like, I was starting somebody that like really sucked. And he was like the one bad player in my starting lineup. Otherwise I was a first place team. In, in fact, I was a first place team with that really bad player in my lineup. And I was like trying to get a real, real boy to score points, and nobody would give me anything. I had this late for I had two late firsts, and I was like, "Hey, listen, how would I just give you one of these late firsts, and you give me Cooper Cup, and I get to win the league this year?" And then I didn't get to win the league this year because it's hard to win leagues. I lost in the finals, if I recall, and right. uh, and I was sad that I had given up a first round pick to get Cooper Cup, and I was like, "Man, I'm an idiot. Why would I do that?" He's like 28 years old my chances of winning really didn't change all that much to get wide receiver 15 production instead of wide receiver 30. 
And then the next year, Cooper Cup exploded. And I was like, I'm a friggin' genius. I got Cooper Cup. <laughs> Let's go. It was like my only Cooper Cup share. It was it was <laughs> really funny. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really like win now trades are just not something I really I would really ever consider doing because I just don't think that even when you have a juggernaut team, you don't win all the time. I had like well, I, well, no, no, okay. This is where I would put. This is where I would push back. I, I think that the reason to do it is because you don't win all the time when you have a juggernaut team. Like I, I think it. So I think it goes. It's like the horseshoe theory, but for for teams. Like, okay, the reason you don't do an all-in team trade when you have a short-term juggernaut team, right? The team with the Ecklers and the CMCs and the Adams and the Digs, is because you can't you can't just buy yourself a championship through trading, right? You you actually have to play the games, and you never have that dominant of a chance to win, even when you have the quote-unquote best team. But on the same token. That's also why you don't just always play for infinite value because sometimes I see these Discord teams that have done these like two-year tanks where like they have, they just have obscene amounts of value. They they are never going to run out of value because they they've like decided to be willing to tank for two years. Which isn't really my preferred option, but that's usually that's the sometimes you see this, and they they've been patient already, right? They've said like. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to trade my first round picks below their value. I'm going to continue to make value trades. And I'm basically going to do kind of what you just suggested is like, I'm not going to start to think about winning win now moves until my team just can't help but win now because I've gained so much value at that point. Like you've already made your sacrifices. Like you don't have to make further sacrifices. If you lose a little bit of value on a win now trade, like it's never going to, it's not actually going to hurt you down the road because you can't build more of a juggernaut than that you're probably already at the level where investing further into the future is just going to be diminishing returns for your future teams the same way that investing further into the now is often diminishing returns for your now team. So at that point in time, like I think you can look at it and say, this team coming out of this tank when all of my valuable players are still young is the worst team I'm ever going to have. So I may as well invest in this team rather than investing theoretically in my more valuable teams of the future. I don't think I agree. Why? What's what's your basis for not agreeing? I get maybe I'm just thinking of like a different team than you are. Like it's it's so hard to really. Okay, here's here's the team. Like here's the are. team. Your team is, um, I don't know. Your team is Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know. That's too perfect. Your team is <laughs> Lamar Jackson and. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa or, or CJ Stroud. Let's see if that's a good example. Lamar Jackson and CJ Stroud and Brees Hall and Bijan Robinson and Justin Jefferson, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, um, Sam Laporta, and I don't know, like a couple like good young wide receivers in the flex. Like, I don't know. Okay, and what what do you want to trade for at this point? Like, if you're going to go get... Well, I just lost Jefferson. Christian McCaffrey, I guess, like, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to go get Travis Kelsey, I guess that makes sense. Yes. But, like, it really comes down to, I'm not trading one of those guys you just mentioned for those guys. If I got other guys I can trade, then sure. Right, but, so, but why not? Why would you... Why, why not? Like, you already have the value. Like, why do you need to have all of these... 
why does every single player on your team need to accrue value when you've already outpaced the whole league on value? Like, what at, at what point about accruing value? Like, Garrett will like I don't know. Garrett Wilson is like what a fringy first round pick, basically. Maybe it's less now, but he was a fringy first round yeah. pick. So like, you're not going to get a whole lot more value than that. If you could go from him to Justin Jefferson, a healthy or Jamar Chase, who's healthy right now, then yeah, I'd be fine with that. But can I afford it? Like, am I going to gut the rest of my team? Well, no, that's, that's the point. I'm saying, like, you're in a that... team, I'm saying you're in a point that you you clearly can afford it. Okay, then because yeah, you fine. have because you're you're the most valuable team in the league. So like you can afford to take a loss now on value later sure. because the production now is going to be an overall higher increase to your expected value over time because now is the time that you're you're not actually the juggernaut on points. Like in the future, you're going to be the juggernaut on points. And yes. and the juggernaut kind of is capped. Like you can only be so much, right? You can't be like, you're never a favorite versus the field to win the league. But you're going to be as close as you can get in years, like let's say this is year two of your dynasty league, you've tanked year one. Like years three through six are your golden years, regardless. This is probably the team that needs the most help. So let's let's spend a little bit of the future, and let's get a little bit of the now. That's that's my take. Yeah, I, I like I, I think it's just maybe the way that you're wording it. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, if I was in this situation, I would happily go and move Garrett Wilson and something to go get Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase isn't a one year rental. Like Jamar Chase is. Just a better right, player. Okay, but you can't. Okay, but no, I'm I'm disregarding this. Like people don't trade Jamar Chase. Um, like no, I'm saying you have. No, Who am I trading for? Though? Get a veteran. Like Travis Kelsey, uh, Diggs, Kelsey, McCaffrey, Adams. Like I don't know which whichever. The thing is, you're you're not picking realistically in a real league. You're not picking a player. You're picking a manager, and you're looking I'm at probably, one manager I'm not as a high scoring player that they're willing to move. I'm probably not doing it if I can only get one. Like if I'm if well, I'm there's no at point this, in getting two, then you're just getting diminishing returns. What? Well, what's what's the what? Why wait? Why are we willing to do zero or or two? Like you already have a really valuable team. Let's get one. Let's just let's get let's get the exact. Let's try to find the precise amount where we spend the least of our future to get the amount of points now that we need to go get a buy this year. Let's not spend more so that we're losing more value, and let's not spend less so that we don't get a buy. We can't be certain, but let's let's. I'm saying as an, as my aim, my aim is, I want to spend the lowest amount of my future buying power to convert into current production necessary to realistically get a buy this year. Yeah, I don't know. sure. I guess I don't know. It's really abstract and i don't i don't know i would probably say that again i'm probably not i can count on probably one hand in the like eight years that i've played dynasty the number of times i've traded you made a trade no i i've i lead my leagues in trades every year even now so get out of here for the record god let's see some inactive leagues (laughs) but like i just never make those trades and maybe, maybe that's a mistake. I don't, I don't think it is, but maybe it is. And, uh, like, my team, like, I, I feel like my teams are never, like, questioning, are we going to get a buy this year? <laughs> like, it's, we're going to get a buy this year, or we're already in last place. Like, I don't I don't really play in the middle ground ever. 
right. We got, well, one day, one day you can actually re-enter the field of Dynasty with all of us patrons so we can see this in action. Yeah, I guess. Well, I intend to join a league or two this year because I lost so okay. many in the last two years because I built all these juggernauts and all my league mates uh, quit. That is tough. It is tough. It sucks. I had so many good teams and now they're all gone. Makes me sad all day. All right. That was an hour 15. That was probably, that, that might be the shortest show we've ever done in Sutton Bolt's history, uh, honestly. Um, do you have anything else to add? I, I, I think I'm, I'm good. If you want to hear a continuation of this discussion, I'm basically going to keep writing about it. I'm writing specifically about the art of the mid season teardown, um, which kind of plays into some of what we're talking about here. But uh, what, what have you got going on? I just wrote like an incredibly long thread on um, decision making and bias and uh, kind of like the high level stuff that goes into appropriate analysis or what I can deem to be appropriate analysis anyway. I don't know if everyone agrees or not, but uh, kind of like how I think about it and um, and just like actually like let's let's just not wind up yet because this is actually a really interesting topic. You know the Jameer Gibbs thing. Oh yeah. Well, here I'll tell you how much time we have left. My battery's at six percent. We have five percent left. We don't have a lot of time. I'm just I'm just going to quickly highlight that I think it's completely ridiculous that people judge decisions based on outcomes when there are like an infinite number of permutations of outcomes, and then they look at the one that actually happened. Like, yep, that one is the one that happened. Therefore, that's a good decision. That's just not how decision making should be structured should not be like evaluated on that basis like if if you're waiting to find out what the result is before evaluating the decision you you're way too late that's 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 not how it should be done you need to evaluate decisions based on like the thought process at the time we don't get to have hindsight bias when we make decisions we have to make yeah. them today now and with the best information available the jameer gibbs thing i put out a tweet it was like ah like Picking running back number one or picking number running back number 12 was already a losing bet before you even consider that they already had DeAndre Swift and there was better players available and there was, you know, whatever else. I can't remember all things. And it just like lions are just like eating me right now, like eating my face off. <laughs> and it's uh it's quite comical because like the, the most number the number one reply, there's two, there's two replies. The number one right. reply is four and one loser, which, nerd, which but that's off. just like that's just like truly insane because also like everyone agrees, like no one disputes that the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick was bad either at the time or in hindsight now, right? Like everyone agrees. Um, there's plenty of people who didn't think it was bad at the time, but they've, they won't admit it. So every, so everyone now like either, either pretends that they thought it was bad at the time, admits that it was bad at the time and they were wrong, or at the very least, can say with the benefit of hindsight it was bad. But since CH was selected, the Chiefs have hosted the AFC championship game every single year of his contract. So I don't understand how these people that say you can't say that the Jameer Gibbs pick is bad because the Lions are successful. Why aren't they all CH truthers? Right? How like where where does the line stop? Is it you can say that after in year four, but you can't say that in year one? Like it doesn't it doesn't actually make any sense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So anyway, it just kind of sent me off the deep end, and I was like, we just need to talk about this because this is ridiculous. And uh, 
shame, shame on you, Lions fans. But really, it's not Lions fans. This could have been any player on any team. And if it got into NFL Twitter, it's like fandom yeah, Twitter, it would have been the same conversation. It would be the same thing over and over again. Well, they're winning, so you can't judge us. Get out of here. And then the other one was like, it's too early to judge this. He's only played five games. I'm like, do you think that I think that Jamar Gibbs is bad? Like, I love Jamar Gibbs. Like, that wasn't my take at all. It, my, my tweet literally he says. so much you can't even pronounce his name. Yeah. My tweet literally says, ignoring who the player is, ignoring everything about the actual situation, and merely looking at running back number 12 pick. That's where it's a bad pick. That's where we can just conclude this was a mistake. And then when you factor all the other stuff on top, it's even worse. Anyway, so people are like, yeah, it's too early to judge him. Let's let it play out before we say it's a bad pick. It's like, we don't have to. We we already knew it was a bad pick. And right. we would and things and things can be things can be bad picks that don't turn out to be bad picks too. Right? Yeah. Like they're like let's let's say Jameer Gibbs is the greatest running back of all time and he plays his whole career at the Detroit Lions. Like probably in hindsight we will then say oh that actually wasn't a bad pick. In hindsight but that doesn't make the process good, right? Like every every time we see this with fourth down decisions, like several times coaches will make good fourth down decisions that aren't converted, or they will or or they will punt and it will, you know, and, and that will the win anyway, or whatever else. Like I mean, what about what about Josh McDaniel's decision on Monday night? Was that a bad decision because he missed the field goal, or was it a good decision because they won anyway? It's like, I, I don't even know. It's like, well, it's actually neither. It was a bad decision because we could look at the data at the time, and the decision, as soon as he decided to send out his kicker, their win probability went down slightly. And, and I mean, anytime you're looking at a fourth down decision, and you can apply this to a single draft pick too, the odds are is that it doesn't matter at all, actually, towards the end goal, right? Like the vast majority of the time, no matter what McDaniel said on that situation, the Raiders were going to win the game. And, and there were plenty of scenarios in which, you know, no matter what he did, they would they would have lost the game, right? They easily could have gone for it and lost, gone for it and won, kicked and won, kicked and lost. And, and like whatever that little percentage that the people who are way smarter than I am that do the models figure out is that actual delta is, is like three or 4% is like if it's a massive fuck up, you decrease your win equity by like three to 4%. It has to be a really absurd decision. Um, yeah. And it's the same with the draft pick, right? Like the, the chances that, like what are the chances that the Lions like would have won a Super Bowl if they picked not Gibbs and now don't because they did pick Gibbs. Like really low. Probably yeah. probably not a very consequentially bad decision, but we can just say it was bad because it was bad, right? We can say it was bad because they chose to spend a pick on a player who isn't even playing half the snaps and doesn't play a high impact position when they could have just taken, I mean, I'm hesitating. I, I bring up Christian Gonzalez as the example, but I'm not even going to do that because I don't even get into They should have taken this player, not this player. They, they could have taken any other player that they deemed highest on their board who would be playing a ton right now and would project to play a ton for the future and do it at wide receiver offensive tackle, edge rusher, or corner. And you just pick whichever your favorite of those is that's on the board. I trust you to do the evaluation lines. You seem to pick good players. Pick a good player at one of those four positions, and, and we're happy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it, – like, and it's very, like – like, the, the Trey Lance 
pick. That was an atrocious pick in hindsight. Like atrocious. You don't like you gave up three first round picks to pick Trey Lance, playing for four games, and then go undefeated with Brock Purdy. Like you can't script a worse pick than the Trey Lance pick with hindsight. And yet nobody is like, well, it was actually a good pick because they're undefeated. Like that's that's right. just not how decision making is defined ever, it, or it shouldn't be, and yet that's what it is, and it's just so infuriating. So anyway, I wrote a big thread on it. It right. was really cool. Check it on the Discord if you haven't yet. And uh, Discord is bulletproof. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash bulletproof ff. And yeah, where can we find you, Jacob? Yeah, I uh, can find me on Twitter at Jacob Sanderson. Uh, you can find. My writing work on thinking about thinking. I'm going to go and write a piece right now. So I would guess by the time that you're listening to this, it's already been published. Um, we'll see. Maybe maybe it'll be out first thing Saturday morning. Um, but if not, it's already published and will be on teardowns. Uh, thanks very much for listening. And yeah, we'll see you probably next week with another episode of Sweat and Bullets. Have a great night, everybody. Morning. Morning.